and welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kate Hallowell. I'm Kai McMullen, filling in for Liz Kelly. And I'm Amelia Weidemeyer. And today we're checking in with relationship news, the legendary Hollywood movie Summer Catch 20 years later. And we want to find out who the heck celebrity number six is. I have no context for that, and I can't wait to find out. We're going to hit that at the end of the show. But before we get into the top of the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I wanted to tell you about a new podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's going to be on the Ringer Reality Podcast. What's it called, Johnny Bananas? Death, Taxes, and Bananas. We're going to be breaking down this season of the challenge, Hall of Fame episodes, and I'm going to be taking you behind the curtain of America's fifth major sport. Are we getting special guests? We're going to have special guests. We're going to have special effects. The show is just going to be special. (laughs) I can't wait. Check it out. Death, Taxes, and Bananas on the Ringer Podcast Network. All right, we are checking in with relationship news. We had to switch this up at the last minute because there was a, just a, a, an influx of celebrity relationships at the end of this week. First Lots up, late breaking news this yes, week. Yes, uh, Amelia, the big news of the day hit us. Okay, so it started out um, <laughs> on, you know, I don't go on to TikTok just because I know I would get lost. We'll get you would, one of these days. Yeah. One of these days, I'm sure. And I mean, sometimes I do check in, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm already spending inordinate amounts of time on Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter mm-hmm. that I Smart. would lose another, you know, yeah. five hours to TikTok. But <laughs> you would. I have. You really would. <laughs> right? It's very scary. And I heard their algorithm is even more intense. So it it's like they yeah. keep feeding me these videos. Yeah, exactly. So I actually saw this on. Actually, I think Liz maybe sent it around and then I saw it on Twitter. So I'm not even going to acknowledge who did it first because there were so many TikToks being like, I know that Kylie Jenner is pregnant and here's why. And this these people have sent over like these videos being like, OK, here's what she posted. And she posted like a picture of her in a green dress and she has these light pink nails. But then they take mm-hmm. these images from Kim Kardashian's Instagram stories where she has tagged everyone and they're holding their little drinks. And you can tell with the drink that she's tagged as Kylie, that Kylie actually has green tipped nails. So the picture she posted on her birthday saying, it, you know, it's my birthday is 24. actually 24 is not. It, it seems like it was taken maybe several months ago because they're like, I think she's pregnant because there are no photos coming out of this party. And um, you know what? They were right. FBI hire them because <laughs> truly, <laughs> I, seriously though, um, several sources have told Page Six and TMZ and sh- now is confirming too. Oh, okay, well, so then it's there it's got to be true real. because yep. they're a bunch of lawyers. Um, that she is pregnant with baby number two, also by Travis Scott. So Woo! yeah, wow. happy for Yay. them. Good yep. for her. Honestly, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, she is twenty four. That's very young, but. I think Stormy's adorable and seems to be well cared for by, I'm sure, mm-hmm. a team of nannies. Right. So, yeah. Why not? Happy yeah. for her. 
Sure. Totally. We love it. We love a Kardashian baby. Um, yeah. All right. Also in baby news that like maybe we're just like less fond of, but I just put on here because it was news. Uh, Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson gave birth to a baby boy. He did not give birth. She gave birth um, <laughs> to a baby boy. It happened. It's fine. He like posted on his Instagram story and was like, for any like inquiries, reach out to my child's publicist and like tagged Michael Che. And I was like, why would you willingly mm. bring Michael Che into your baby announcement? Like, I just <laughs> can't. Um, so anyway, that happened. Congrats to them. Uh, the baby's now, name is Cosmo. Cosmo. Oh, my God. I missed that. Yeah. That's Which is that's yes. cute. I don't know. I feel extremely like I do not care about this child, but sure. you know, wish them the best. <laughs> Cosmo Jost. That is wow. That is a that's little like, tough. Yeah. That's like a teen bully name. That's like Back to the Future blonde mm. bully on the playground. As if this kid if. won't already get bullied enough right. for exactly. his parents. <laughs> yes. and, and you can't exactly. really nickname that name. It's already a nickname. It, mm-hmm. Cosmo, mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. already like a. Yeah. Anyway, okay. In slightly happier celebrity relationship news, back in January, Dumois, I don't know that they had it first, but that's where I saw it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reported that Zoe Kravitz, who days days before had filed for divorce from Carl Glusman, uh, was dating Channing Tatum. And at first, you know, it was here and there on Twitter, but people weren't really buying into it. People were like, this can't be real. This is yeah. not like confirmed for anyone. The only sites that had it was like HollywoodLife.com. Right. <laughs> and like it was here and there on Twitter. Like I remember looking and being like, are people talking about this? Is it real? And like really nobody was. Like every mm-hmm. here and there people were like, Dumont has this, but I don't really believe it. Mm-hmm. However, this weekend on Wednesday, excuse me, this week on Wednesday in the East Village, Zoe Kravitz and Shane Tatum <laughs> were spotted together going on a bike ride. Uh, she was like draped over his shoulders. He's got like this buzz cut. She was thing. riding on the pegs of his right. BMX bike. Let's be right. clear. Yes, you're right. Thank you for that image. Uh, they just, they honestly look really good together. They both look like a little, uh, like kind of grungy and a just little, like a little punk. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But I'm into it. I'm actually, and now that I, at first, you know, when the rumors first came out, I was like, eh, I don't know. Like, it's, you know, yeah. she just got divorced. And also know. Zoe Kravitz is like 10 times cooler than Channing Tatum. Right. A lot hey. cooler. A lot cooler. <laughs> um, Wait, I disagree. I disagree. Really? But I love he, Channing. He was dating, he was like dating Jesse J at the time. It was like, I don't know about him. But as soon as I saw these pictures and I think as soon as a lot of people saw these pictures they were like okay I'm in like this makes yeah. sense the vibes match I like uh, it yeah and I'm in on it as well why not they're both like unreasonably hot so they are it yeah. works and, and in like kind of a similar like cool way I think he's aged really well I was just saying that yeah. again, like the haircut is not working great for him but he still looks really good, I think. So, and she obviously looks amazing. So, I, you know, I think it works. I like it. Yeah. Um, and then in one more piece of sort of like out and about in New York relationship <laughs> news, this girl, uh, her taste in men, we have to talk about it. Terrible. Margaret Qualley. Margaret Qualley, <laughs> uh, we've already talked about this year. First, she dated Pete Davidson. Then she dated Shia LaBeouf, which was like really controversial really for tough. a while. Broke yeah. up with him. Now she has been seen <laughs> kissing Jack Antonoff on a bridge in Brooklyn on their way to get ice cream uh, on Saturday. And I don't know. I think that she needs to expand her her uh, dating type. Profile. Yeah. Her type is like very specifically like very mediocre white guy. Right. Like men who don't own a loofah, you know, like <laughs> I don't. There's something about like all these guys and like their little dad hats and like their <laughs> kind of grungy vibes and their dark circles under their eyes. And I'm like, Margaret Qualley, like you can do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, of her recent relationships, like, I guess this is fine. He's 11 years older, but like she's 26. Mm. She's an adult, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm now, sure they'll be broken up within like four months so i'm not gonna <laughs> right. like invest a lot in this emotionally and i am like she Smart. was in once upon a time in hollywood with lena dunham which is like kind of a weird vibe um <laughs> but i don't know if they're close oh. i would imagine i would imagine not but like that's oh kind of gosh. a weird a weird connection um i totally forgot about that yeah what? i mean were there like rumors about like lord and jack antonoff i mean i think were. that would be even Right. More it's just awkward. Like the, I, I'm less concerned with her specific choice and more concerned with like the pattern of kind of men that she clearly is interested in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, rooting for her, hoping her taste improves. 
But yeah, so that's like the, you know, today, this week in New York right. relationships. And then speaking of Margaret right. Qualley's exes, uh, Pete Davidson and I wrote initially in the outline, Phoebe Bridgerton. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but her real that. name is Phoebe Denever. Uh, uh-huh. They broke up after four months together. Uh, yeah. No, not a huge shocker to anyone. But, you know, I don't know how Pete will find his next girlfriend because SNL is currently on hiatus. So. Right. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Who is hosting next? Oh, I guess we'll have to wait for the host announcements. Uh, yeah, to come exactly. Out. And the, the after parties to begin again to <laughs> oh, find goodness. out who he'll be with next. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, I kind of liked them together. It was kind of like a. Yeah, you know. they seem sweet. And he like went to the UK. And I think it's kind of difficult nice. to get into the UK right, right. now. So there must have been some dedication there. Yeah. Oh, Maybe well. we'll hook back up, you know, after all this is over. Maybe. I doubt it. But okay, <laughs> or not. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Oh, goodness. All right, Amelia, take it away. Hard yes. left turn. <laughs> I, I, I apologize in advance. Um, there are two little confrontation um, confrontations that I want to talk about really briefly because this is relationship news. And I would say, you know, confrontations are relationship-based, at least in mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah. Yeah. In, in these, the people we I'm have talk some, about. you know, friends and ex-friends. Right. <laughs> Exactly. The first thing I want to talk about is uh, Kevin Hart and Don (laughs) Cheadle had a really great uh, confrontation that has been all over uh, social media because it was very funny. Uh, Don Cheadle was a guest on Kevin Hart's new Peacock show, Heart to Heart, and a clip (laughs) from the interview has gone viral. And uh, so they're casually having a conversation about, I think it was like generational wealth and Don Cheadle mentions that he's 56. He just goes like, well, I'm 56. To which Kevin Hart replies with a damn. And he does it like that. And Don, impression. Thank you. Don Cheadle pauses and he stares at Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart immediately apologizes. And he says, I'm sorry. And then I've written out the following exchange. I've um, transcribed it for everyone on this podcast, which I mean, you can... You can look it up. That's fine. You can skip through this, but I'll just give it to you right now. Kevin Hart. It was a thought and I blurted it out and I did not mean it that way. Don <laughs> Cheadle. I'm fine. Kevin. I didn't mean it that way. Just to understand. I didn't mean it the way it came out. Don. We'll take a poll on how you meant it with people here later after the show's over. Kevin. I can sit up here and honestly say, buddy, like, damn, like, damn. Don. If we could play it back right now. These are two different dams. There was no like, wow, that was Kevin. I said, damn, Don, you said the word damn. Do you want me to tell you how I think you said it? Do you want me to say it back to you the way I think you said it? Kevin, go ahead. Don, damn, Kevin. I said, I said, damn it. Um, Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, you, you shared this and I did not watch it because I knew my secondhand embarrassment couldn't mm. handle it. Um, yeah. That was, wow. That was damn. Wow. It yeah. was. Damn. It was, it was damn. Um, I really respect people who do like, <laughs> just kind of let people like sit in the awkwardness. And like, yeah. like if it were me, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, I know you, whatever. Like, I'll like, yeah, just no, harbor I'm, like a grudge for I'm you. Old, for the I'm older than dirt. Like, it's fine. I'm a skeleton. It's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would have, I also would have done that. I respect him for uh, kind of holding his feet to the fire. Yeah. Right. I know. I love that. And but anyway, people were praising Don Cheadle saying, yeah, you tell Kevin Hart. But then Don Cheadle had to clarify on Twitter that the two are still friends and they were just jesting each other, which I think is actually really true, because if you watch the entire clip of it and the Internet has only clipped a minute of this, but they kind of laugh about it and they jest each other. And Kevin uh, jokes more about Don's age. And then Don mentions the gymnast Nadia Comaneci because Kevin can't pronounce her last name. Okay. And so so and they're very jovial back and forth yeah. with each other. But of course, we only get to see a minute of it. So it's yeah. just like, you know, but it was it was fun. It was fun. It's a fun clip. So you did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So look it up right now. Um, I, I don't think my uh, impression. Your dr- dramatic could've... reinterpretation. Yeah. yeah I thought you did a great really... job. Well, thank I you. I appreciate I was, that. I was transported. Oh, well, thank you. Okay. Well, you know, no acting lessons here. But um, (laughs) anyway, there was also another confrontation um, that I read about on page six. A really great, (laughs) yeah, really great article on page six. So, Larry David, who I'm sure you know as the Curb Your Enthusiasm 
He co-created Seinfeld. And then Alan Dershowitz, who is the infamous former Harvard Law professor who served as the appellate lawyer for O.J. Simpson and who has also been implicated in the Jeffrey Epstein case. So not really a great guy. And is also a Trump supporter. And is also a Trump supporter. Oh, for three there. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They had a confrontation at a convenience store in Martha's Vineyard, which is very hoity-toity. So in this article, uh, page six article, According to this source who witnessed it, wrote it down before they forgot it and sent it over to page six, Larry screamed at Alan Dershowitz for his ties to the Trump administration. And the exchange was as follows. I'm sorry for this, but we're doing it again. Okay, Alan, (laughs) we can still talk, Larry. Larry, no, no, we really can't. I saw you. I saw your arm around former Trump Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. It's disgusting. (laughs) Alan, he's my former student. I greet all of my former students that way. I can't greet my former students. Larry, it's disgusting. Your whole enclave. It's disgusting. You're disgusting. And then this was also followed up by an added um, quote from the source. Quote, Larry walks away. Alan takes off his T-shirt to reveal another T-shirt underneath it that says, it's the Constitution, stupid. And then the source also, yeah, revealed that Dershowitz drove off in an old, dirty Volvo. That's an important detail. It is an important detail. On the ground. I know. Incredible detail. Like they said, they had to write it all down before they forgot it. And then page six went to Dershowitz and he confirmed that it happened. Wow. And also why he was wearing two shirts, right? He was like <laughs> going to give another shirt to a friend as a gift or something. So, yeah. This also follows up another really uh. funny story about Larry David and Martha's Vineyard. Because you know how he got disinvited from Obama's oh. birthday party? <gasps> did he? So, he did. So he was on the initial guest list. And then he got a call from Obama's assistant. And he missed the call. And they didn't leave a voicemail. And he was like, oh, shit. They are going to ask me. They're calling to ask me to perform stand-up at Obama's <laughs> birthday party. And I only have three days to repair. Like, this is terrible. Oh, my God. And he, like, gets himself really worked up. And so when he finally calls the assistant back, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Like, you can't come anymore. We're having to scale down the guest list. And Larry David was like, I was so relieved. <laughs> that, is so, that is so Larry David. I love it. I love that it. is that's a that's like a curb episode. Literally. It <laughs> is. It really is. Oh my god. That's gosh. great. Oh, uh, Larry, what a guy. What a guy. Um and then one I'm sorry, one final uh, do relationship it. note update. <laughs> it's better for baby. Um so he had a birthday. He turned 49 last Sunday, but they didn't spend the day together. He spent it with his children, which I thought was very sweet. Very but sweet. But then they were spotted on Tuesday kissing. So, it's all mm. good. We're all good. And then I also had in this doc that she bought some necklaces for his daughters, but it was actually she picked up some necklaces from a gifting suite. But she was there with her daughter, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Well, but I'm just saying, like, of course, it was like, you know, gifting. Like, uh, I wish I could be gift. Like, you know, invite me to a gifting suite. She doesn't need it. I need it. No. Um, (laughs) But she was there and she picked up a necklace with her daughter and then they uh, got two more for his daughters, Aww. which I thought was really sweet. It was Aww, really nice matching. and thoughtful. Yeah. So wow. um, really enjoyed uh, reading that, you know? Love, Love it. it. Wow. What a hefty relationship news category. <laughs> <Ooh>. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, all right. We got a little bit lighter, lighter load, uh, mm-hmm. but some some heavy hitting news items. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this week in Not Worth the Tea and social media. Uh, on the social media front, I want to start it off with something that I think really sent a chill down the spine of like a certain age of millennial. Millennials. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And that is the return of Yik Yak. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you clearly weren't in college from <laughs> 2013 to 2017 uh, or high school or any of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, Yik Yak was an app that was launched in 2013, which was my senior year of high school slash freshman year of college. And it was like an anonymous messaging app. So you basically like could create these discussion threads called yaks and they only worked within a five mile radius. So Mm -hmm. like I could be in the library at Indiana university and open yik yak and somebody could be like, wow, like there's someone making out uh, like whoever's making out and like aisle two, like stop it. We can see you. And then like everyone in the library would be able to see that, but like not see who sent it. And like, it would Mm -hmm. only be the people in that five mile radius. So 
you know, there were there were some highlights. I would say, like as a student who used Yik Yak, like a lot of people oh, use you it did? To, find, to find parties. Like that oh. was a big thing. But it also had a lot of downsides. There was a lot mm-hmm. of cyberbullying. Like there were no mm-hmm. consequences. There was no fact checking. There was no right. like accountability for anything that was posted on there. Yeah. Um, so it became this huge thing. I know you guys, one of you mentioned there was like a lot of reporting at your school on like hate speech. I did a report on it. Like it arrived. So I graduated college in 2012. I don't strike that from the record. Um, <laughs> but I did my first job out of college was like reporting for a a little newspaper. And mm-hmm. it was in a town that had a couple of colleges. So it was a college mm-hmm. town. And I had heard it and people were sending me like stories of like them getting bullied. Like this mom sent yeah. me a story of her daughter getting like horribly bullied that she had to get pulled out of school about it. So I did a story on it. But at the same time, the daughter, like she was caught calling people like pepperoni nipples. So it was like, you know what? (laughs) You're kind of mean. So I'm not not condoning the bullying, but I do think, you know, maybe- It does go both ways. It does go both both ways. ways. Like, you know, look Uh, yourself in the mirror, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, Amelia. Wow. Investigative reporter, Amelia. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Yikak was like really big during my freshman year of college. And it was fun because it it did like make you feel like, oh my God, like I'm in college. I'm a, I'm a, in on all these jokes, like blah, blah, blah. But then it yeah. kind of just like fizzled out. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember. I tried to like go back and look at my old college newspaper and see if there was like some like harassment scandal, but I don't like think there was. I think it, people just got bored of it. Yeah. So I was looking and, you know, I mean, now that it's coming back, there's been a lot of discourse about all the downsides that there were. Um, and it did sort the apparently user downloads dropped 76% in 2016 oh. compared to 2015. Hmm. So like that was pretty much when it fizzled out. It shut down in 2017. And now that it's coming back and it's now available for download on the app store for iPhones, there have just been a lot of stories about all of the issues and like, mm-hmm. how are they going to hold people accountable? So um, apparently they have a new, the fact that this is a new policy is incredible, but they have a new <laughs> policy where it's against the community guardrails to post bullying messages or use hate speech, make threats or share anyone's private information. And if you do that, you will be banned from the community. Again, the fact that this was not yeah, part wow. of the app uh, earlier is an issue. So yeah, it just seems like we don't need another place to no. get people riled up. Yeah, right harass people on the, online. Right. It's, um, it's not going to be good. It's not going to end well. It seems bad. It seems bad. But uh, yeah, it really, the nostalgia did come back for a mm-hmm. second of being a college student. and It really it reminded me of like a very specific moment in time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, Kaya, what do you got? All right. So there was this big, long page six article this week uh, that supposedly, quote unquote, influencers are, quote unquote, ruining the Met Gala. So the Met Gala is happening on September 18th. Usually it's the first Monday in May, but you know, there's this little thing called the COVID pandemic. Right. Um, so the theme is America, colon, a lexicon of fashion. The co-hosts are all under 25, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's Billie Eilish, Timmy, Naomi Osaka, and Amanda Gorman. And I, love that he, I love that he's just Timmy on this podcast. <laughs> I, I just heart. wrote Timmy Warms in my, my notes because I didn't <laughs> want to figure out how to spell Shalabay. The real ones um, know. The real ones know. <laughs> so it's just Timmy. And so basically there's this page six article and really they're just quoting like two people to base this like entire thesis off of it. They're quoting like one celebrity agent that was like, I've been mm. told that a lot of influencers are on the guest list. I've heard Facebook and Instagram have taken so many tables and that's put a lot of people off alongside the mass mandate, which, okay. And then a publicist with A-list clients added, personally, I don't think the Met Met is cool anymore. It's gone from super prestigious to being full of influencers. So there are reports basically that Addison Rae and Emma Chamberlain will be there. I'm sure many other influencers will be there. But as Taylor Lorenz pointed out, we love Taylor Lorenz on this podcast. She Mm -hmm. is an internet culture reporter for the New York Times. Go give her a follow. Influencers have been there for like years now. Yeah. Like James Mm -hmm. Charles attended in 2019 and got into that whole scandal about how like now there's finally influencer representation oh. at the McGillan. Oh, People right. Like, what are you talking about? Huh. And then like a YouTuber vlogged it in 2015. So it's like, this is nothing new, people. 
It's always something too, you know, like it's, if it's not, you know, the models at can, people are always like, oh, why are there yeah. models at can? And then it's like, why are there influencers at can? And it's like, there are always going to be buzzy people that like, maybe you don't think are famous, but are famous in and other these spheres. people like, influence fashion, like whether right, you like it or not. Right. So they sell clothes probably more so than most like magazines right now. And they're going to yeah. be wearing something more interesting than like Carly Kloss. So like, <laughs> as long as they understand the assignment, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So, yeah, Addison Ray will be there. Emma Chamberlain will be there. J-Lo will be there, but no Ben because mm. he's filming a movie, which Damn is it. so unfortunate. I would love to see their red carpet debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giselle and Tom Brady are not going. And then I think, yeah, just the usual people are mm-hmm. going to be That'll there. That would be fun. I lo- we love a big I love carpet a Gala. these days. Yeah. You know, we and had the theme such a- fun. Yeah. There was- it's been so long since we've had like our... Our award shows and our fashion. I just yeah. We just, just have Brianna is there. I thought she, she will. I hope she is. I don't know. I feel I like she so will too. be because she has like a lot of like stuff out right now to promote. Yeah, yeah. she has been pretty active. So I we'll hope see. so. Fingers crossed. Fingers Seriously. crossed. Seriously, gosh. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, on that note, and speaking of influencers. OnlyFans recently said that they will begin to ban sexually explicit content starting in October, uh, which means they'll still allow like new nude photos, but pretty much everything else will not be allowed, which is kind of wild because I'm sure everyone knows what OnlyFans <laughs> is. I don't mean to laugh, but um, it's, it's just like it's very much like that. That's what That's only fans is for it, exactly right. i saw a tweet that was like this is like subway banning sandwiches like this <laughs> right. that's what only fans like perfect. i don't know exactly but it's also funny too because only if you go to like their website or any of like their marketing things they obviously for advertising purposes don't really promote that they they're like right. fitness people and and chefs and whatever um okay yeah but <laughs> sure. uh, which is but anyway it's yeah it's absolutely wild because not only does OnlyFans take a 20% cut from a creator's subscriptions, which is a pretty large cut, mm-hmm. they're still f- having trouble finding funding from like big venture capitalists and whatnot, which is dumb. Just, it's dumb. It is it's really 2021 dumb. It's 2021 people. Like people like to... Like, look, look at porn. Like, it's fine. Exa- exactly. So, and I, again, I think this is all tied to they can't find advertisers. And it's really sad because I think this, uh, especially with the rise of the pandemic and everything, mm-hmm. had become a place for adult performers to really post their content and have agency over it and over mm-hmm. themselves. And it's just like, well, I hope that there's another app that you yeah. know, mimics what this app did, you know? Right. And it also Tumblr banned porn. Right. Like in recent yeah. years as and well. And that's what pushed a lot of people to OnlyFans. Right. And right. it heard it, it also specifically, not only like, right, like sex workers, but also like, you know, queer sex workers and yeah. trans people and like yep. people who don't have the space to do what they do elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so OnlyFans was like, I mean, they sort of made OnlyFans what it is. And then now they're being pushed out, which is just wild. Yeah, unfair. and OnlyFans' yeah. whole message in the first place was like, oh, yeah, like, we're really, like, giving sex workers, like, a safe place and, like, letting them, like, own their content, blah, right. blah, blah. And it's There's, like, okay, now what then? Exactly. Yeah. It's they. It's all hypocritical and just kind of sad to see this going away as a place, a safe place for sex workers. So, yeah. Hopefully yeah. they will find the next best thing. I hope so. Um, all right. Last thing that we're worked up about uh, in <laughs> Not Worth the Tea. Big week for the ringer.com. Our mm-hmm. very own Claire McNear. Uh, who literally wrote the book on Jeopardy. <laughs> yes, um, she did. She uh, basically broke this big investigative report. You can read it on the ringer.com. I highly recommend that you do. All about Mike Richards, who was tapped to be the new host of Jeopardy after weeks and weeks of guest uh, auditions and hosts, which we've talked about at length. And basically her whole report is she went back and found uh, episodes of his previous podcast, The Random Podcast. (laughs) And she is a national hero because she listened to all 41 episodes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Sure. uh, I imagine. And she basically published this report about all the things that he said that were problematic or questionable. Not just about, you know 
people and minorities and women, but also about Jeopardy and Mm -hmm. just things that that basically reflected who he is, who he seems to be and why he's not suitable to be the host of this incredibly respected intellectual institution. And the Um, fact that he was in charge of the search for the new right. host of Jeopardy Wild. and picked right. himself. Absolutely picked crazy. Himself. <laughs> like, so so breaking news today is that it worked uh, and he's stepping down. It seemed to be the nail in the coffin on his run as host, his incredibly short-lived run as host. So great stuff from Claire. She's also going to be on the press box to talk about it. Um, so you should read her piece, listen to her on yes. the press box. And yeah, I'm very happy for my dad and his group chat of <laughs> friends. He has uh, him and his three friends from high school are all in a Jeopardy group chat where they like text each other to see who got the daily double, uh, the daily doubles, oh, and like the final Jeopardy. So cute. That's and sweet. he also has like been lending them her book that I got him for Christmas. And oh. I'm just like really happy that now he gets to brag that like my coworker saved Jeopardy. <laughs> wow, you know, like that's that great. Is gonna be a big deal for the Hallowell family. So thank that's- you to Claire um, <laughs> for saving Jeopardy. And mm-hmm. yeah, you guys should definitely go read her incredible work because it's a big deal. It yeah. is a big deal. It is a very big deal. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly when it comes to style and luxury ebay gets it they're making sure the things you love are checked by experts not just any experts specialized experts real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience so when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee shop with confidence every inch stitch sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection that's how you know that ebay's got your back Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, let's move on to this week's cringe mode. Uh, We watched Summer Catch which mm-hmm. had its 20-year anniversary this year. Uh, it's out in 2001. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys uh, are all waiting for this anniversary. <laughs> this was a fun one. It was a fun summer. I, yeah, I like yeah. this. I had never heard of this movie before at Me all. Either. So I really well, enjoyed it, though. We love a, a cringe meal out of left field, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, good one. Good yeah. one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, okay, so this movie stars Freddie Prince Jr., Jessica Biel. Mm-hmm. Um, and Freddie Prinz is a guy, he lives in Cape Cod and he just wants to play baseball. He spent his whole life mowing the lawn of this like baseball mm-hmm. field, uh, for the Cape Cod summer league. And basically like he's getting his chance. He's sworn off drinking. He's sworn off girls. He's like buckling down. He's going to be like a star pitcher this year. And then fucking Jessica Biel exits a pool in slow motion <laughs> dripping wet and he's like damn that was <laughs> also did he oh, swear off I drinking because he drank like throughout yeah, the entire like, movie <laughs> he said he was going to and then he didn't um, 
But yeah, he was planning to buckle down and then he didn't. Um, okay. But anyway, Tenley Parrish, played by Jessica <laughs> Biel. Uh, you know, she's like the rich girl. She's on vacation. He mows her lawn. They have a summer fling. He tries to make it on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up doing pretty well. He has like a final game. Tenley's going to leave for the summer to go work a job. He like pitches a no hitter. Uh, she comes back and watches him. Then she leaves. Then he runs <laughs> to the airport to catch her. And like mm-hmm. they make out. And she's mm-hmm. like, I want to be with you. Did I miss anything huge? Um, he's like competing with these other guys that like accidentally burn down the press box and like <laughs> get kicked out. Um, yeah. There are a lot. Of, there's a lot of just like dude chaos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Among his teammates. Some of it good. A lot of it bad, which we will discuss. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just like kind of a fun sports summer rom-com for yeah. the most part. Yeah, it is. Amelia, hit me with your first highlight. I know that she is not the most popular person, and I understand <laughs> why, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about Jessica Biel that makes me root for her, and I think she, I think she is absolutely stunning. But She's really pretty in this movie. She's mm-hmm. gorgeous, and I. it's funny to me because I feel like she gets, like, billed, and I think sh- this happened in part due to being Mary Camden on seventh heaven for so mm. long, but she gets mm-hmm. billed as like this girl next door. And I'm like, Oh yeah. If you live next door to like a house of models, right. um, <laughs> but she, and there, there is something like every girl about her and she's like athletic, yeah. which I love. And mm-hmm. she just is really sweet and just charming in this movie. And I, I just like, I don't see really anyone else fitting this role that, that was like as big back mm-hmm. then like a Jennifer Love Hewitt or a Michelle Williams or something like I don't know there's something about her in this role that I just has me you know root for her I'm like yeah you go take that job doing architecture I think her yeah. and Freddie Prince Jr. have like really good chemistry too yes so I think that's why it works really well totally I'm glad that you mentioned that she's athletic because I wanted to say this and I wasn't sure how to work it in she <laughs> in 2001 Jessica Biel and Jennifer Garner like had the absolute monopoly on like Fucking jacked. Like, she's so jacked. Romantic leads. They are ripped. Like, it's not like in like a, you know, like supermodel way. Like, they look like they could, like, bench press you. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner this year was like in Alias, where she was like being a super spy, like, abs of steel, was also exiting a lot of pools in slow motion. Jessica (laughs) Peel's shoulders and arms in this movie, I'm like, holy shit. Like, what is your lifting routine? Like, and she honestly has been jacked her entire career. Career. She's in that Blade Which movie I love. with mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds where like they're like just absolute specimens. But anyway, <laughs> we don't need to get into it. I just was like, wow, you are an incredible physical shape. Uh, Amazing. She looks great. Yeah. Um, this movie is such an incredible mashup of like a very specific type <sighs> yes. of odd actor yes. that you forgot existed until you mm-hmm. saw this movie. And mm-hmm. I, I could <laughs> name them, but like you're not going to know any of their names. Probably, <laughs> and you, you know? <laughs> And you won't yeah. know who they are until you see their face. And you're like, oh, that guy. Right. right. And like right. Matthew Matthew Lillard is probably the best example. But yeah. like people right. Do, people do know him. But like he, him, like, you know, obviously Brittany Murphy, who we're going to talk about later. But like yeah. Mark Blucas, who was a Riley in <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's like, he just was that, you know, Wilmer Valderrama also in Wilmer this. Valderrama, yeah. But like mm-hmm. Corey Pearson, Christian Kane. These are all people, Gabriel Mann. These are all people that like you have no <laughs> idea who they are. But then if you see them, you're like, Oh, that guy. Like, I know that guy. Yeah. And they just like their careers fizzled out like mid 2000s. But like they were in like 10 movies. They were in 2000 and they were in for a while. They were totally. (laughs) Yeah. And like this movie just has all of them. Yeah, this Amazing. movie is like really, really extremely awesome. Like the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I yep. love the like villain guy in this movie. Like I feel like he's like very aughts villain with his like bleached hair that he always uh-huh. like styles differently. Yeah. I was kind of into so it, true. I won't lie. He had the leather pants. I was like, okay. Oh, I know. I love that. <laughs> It's great. That is, yeah, very specific villain for sure. Yes. I also really enjoyed the like Cape Cod setting for this. Yes. Like, I felt like that was a really good setting for like a summer movie. Um, because yes. it's like very small town. It's like very like, oh, people just come there on vacation all the time. It's like got the beaches. I really liked it. I've never been to Cape Cod. Would love to go one day. Yeah. I had this later on, but the, whatever the trope is of like local guy who lives in a vacation spot visiting <laughs> yeah. rich girl. Yeah, you know it's kind of like the Notebook, you know, where like visiting oh, rich girls there, they have a summer works. fling, they're actually in love, 
They don't right. know if they can make it work. <laughs> like he lets out her wild side. Like it just works every time. It's a formula that works, people. <laughs> right. That's why we've been doing it so long. Exactly. We never have to change it. We don't have to update it. It works every time. It works here. It works always. Mm-hmm. Totally. On that note of doing what works, <laughs> I will say I loved that there was this the John. It's funny that you and also. It's like I recognize John C. McGinley, who is the guy from Scrubs. Mm -hmm. But I was like, who is that guy? Yeah. And I had to Google him. And I was like, okay, it's the guy from Scrubs. But he is this, he's in every single, not him personally, but his character is in every single baseball movie. And they always have a guy who looks like him. He's got like the suspenders that go up to his nipples. um, Or why is he pants? Like he's in the 30s. Like I don't get it. Or he's like Larry King and he's got a little (laughs) notepad and he is either a scout, which in this movie he is a scout or a reporter who's like, Mm -hmm. gotta watch the baseball. But every (laughs) single... Seriously, watch a baseball movie. Every single baseball movie has a guy that looks like him. He's got the slick back hair and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I'm loving the consistency. It's with true. This. He, he is. He's everywhere. He is um, everywhere. Also, final highlight. The credits at the end of this movie are so early 2000s. They are on a oh, jumbotron. Yeah. So like, it'll be like, <laughs> you know, Jessica Biel and like her video is on a CGI jumbotron. <laughs> and then there are like fireworks in the background. And then it's like, Corey Pearson. And then like he comes up and is slow motion on the Jumbotron and his name's there and there are fireworks. Uh, it was really great. Really, really terrible. Uh, and I loved it. Loved so it. that was that was good. All right. Let's get into some low lights. We like the first three of these are all the same thing basically yeah. <laughs> and are the significant low light of this movie. Amelia, go for it. I would say my first low light is goes to one person in particular. And honest, I'm sure Matthew Lillard is a very nice person in real life, but he just sucks in this movie. Yeah, the yeah. character Billy Brubaker, not only is a hor- is he a horrible best friend who doesn't even remember Freddie Prince Jr.'s character's last name and how to pronounce it. He is also a quitter. He quits mm-hmm. just because he had one bad game, which I'm like, well, then maybe you, sh- you if you're not even going to try, why? Why, why right. even Stick exist? it out, man. Exactly. He's also, he has rampant homophobia and yeah. fat phobia. Yeah. Yeah. Which is echoed throughout a lot of the conversations in this movie between the male characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaya mentioned it starts like 15 minutes in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't let up. And it like the whole thing. It goes on for a significant amount of time. Like they make multiple fat phobic jokes. Right. That are just like, okay, that's, that was pretty unnecessary for right. the like plot of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's part of it is like the whole locker room talk thing, which I hate in general because it's yeah. like, this is just what guys talk about when they're together, which I'm like, okay, it doesn't have to be. And not right. all guys need to be assholes like this. Right. Um, but there's this whole storyline where I'm going to call him Riley because that's his name in Buffy. Uh, okay. The guy who <laughs> plays Riley in Buffy is sleeping with this beautiful woman. Yeah. Uh, and she is plus sized and he has this whole storyline where like he's ashamed of being with her his friends are making fun of him <sighs> to a horrible horrible degree and then at yeah. the end of the movie he gets up and is like I like big women and it's like <laughs> okay she is stunning yeah. you're a regular like 6'4 man in None a relationship of this was necessary you, <laughs> yeah. like uh, we don't need to justify yeah. any of this this is a normal relationship between two people uh, yeah. so yeah just like totally unnecessary if we could cut every conversation about women out of this movie it would be a lot better and a lot yeah. more enjoyable it would also be a lot shorter unfortunately it would, it would. Um, it's always shocking to me I mean I know it shouldn't be because it's like I was thinking about it I'm like oh god like People just talked like this like not too long ago. But I guess this was mm-hmm. 20 years ago. But it's just like. Yeah. Yeah. It was really uh, bad. Really yeah. bad. My low light, which is much, uh, much more a uh, trivial degree, <laughs> but it really bugged me. There is so much sex on the ground in this movie. Yeah. There yeah. is so so many hookups that take place like in the baseball field, in a backyard, like near a pool on the ground. I'm like, you're not high school kids. Like you, it's not like they're high school and like they live with their parents necessarily. And like, they don't have access to a room of their own. Like they're in college. They're people trying out for like the minor leagues. Like you have access to a bed. Can we not locate a bed or a car? You know, like is the ground, is the ground really Is a wet baseball field really the best option here? Also like, it's so exposed, like a baseball field, really? (laughs) I just, I don't know. I know that it's thematic. It's a baseball movie, but you know, I just, it really bugs me to see that. Totally. Agreed. 
Totally. I think also another thing about this film, and I, we've kind of talked about this already, but this film kind of forgets what happened like 15 minutes like prior, <laughs> you know, because yeah. one of the main cruxes of, of this movie is that it's the Cape Cod League. It's one of the best le- uh, minor leagues. And it doesn't really make sense for Ryan to be like, I'm pitching this no hitter game and there are scouts here, but now I'm leaving because actually I do not have any shot at becoming a major leaguer. And it's like, what? What? How is there one guy on the team who's about to get signed to the Dodgers (laughs) for two million dollars back in 2001? (laughs) And you're going to the minor leagues. Exactly. It, it, and then also, not only that, and then he leaves and has to, well, also, he's not really a good teammate if, you know, he's going to leave them with having mm-hmm. to pitch the rest of this game. But then it's like, oh, wait, it turns out okay. Now he's like pitching for the Phillies against Ken Griffey Jr. Like, I just like, this film doesn't understand there what happened. There are some leaps, some leaps of logic happening here. A for lot sure. of leaps. Right. And then also on that note, why is he acting like he's never seen Tenley before when... <laughs> He said that he's mowed her lawn for six years. Someone forgot to read their own script. (laughs) Maybe she had like a major glow up or something as well. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Maybe she she left. She like bench pressed for a couple years, came back. (laughs) Yeah. He was blinded by the shoulders. I could see that. It happens. Uh, Yeah. And along those lines, honestly, I'm kind of upset he didn't finish pitching his no hitter. Right. Like how many times in your life, given that you seem to be like sort of a mediocre pitcher. Are you going <laughs> to have a chance to pitch another no hitter? Like on your, yeah. in the very end, his very first pitch, he gives up a home run. So it's like, obviously this isn't going well for you. It's not replicable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very tough. I agree. You got to finish true. the game. All right. What has aged the best and the worst in this movie? Obviously the rampant fat phobia and homophobia mm-hmm. has aged the worst, Terrible. but beyond that, right. beyond that, what do we think? I would say there's some Duncan spawn con going on in this movie. Uh, in the beginning, mm. they're in the little locker room and there's like this huge Duncan donut uh, little a box of donuts. And, you know, it just it fits for because they're in Massachusetts. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it fits. It just fits. And I feel like Duncan is kind of having a renaissance, at least for the rest of the country. It's true. Yeah. I feel like we were like, what is Duncan? Like growing up, I was like, what is Duncan? So very uh, on brand. Great for them. Also, mm-hmm. what I would say the worst, though, however, is the quote unquote cool tattoos that um, I totally forgot existed <laughs> in the 90s and early uh, aughts. Uh, it yeah. was a great era for just horrible, horrible tattoos. Yeah. yeah the barbed wire armbands. That really, was bad. Really bad. And he also had a skull with baseball bat crossbones. Oh, no. I didn't even That's see that one. That was <laughs> bad that was really bad oh god um all right i already talked about how the uh, rich girl falls for local guy on vacation trope still slaps mm-hmm. so i had mm-hmm. that as age the best and then here's the worst why is every baseball movie about a pitcher i'm oh. so fucking tired of watching baseball movies about pitchers and i get it like they're in charge of the game they're involved in every play it's like you know very solo mm-hmm. position you can make or break <laughs> yeah. it like it's kind of glamorous right like, dramatic. It's dramatic like i get it but like, give me a fun rom-com about like a first baseman, you know, like why, sure. where is like the shortstop representation? Yeah. Where is the left fielder representation? Yeah. Where is the outfielder representation? Yeah. Right. Like, I feel like, you know, maybe a catcher, the catcher is also involved Ooh. in a lot, not like mm-hmm. the sexiest of positions, a lot of like, equipment, but you know, I think the problem knees. with the catcher is that when they're playing, their face is hidden. Right. That's, know? True. So that's true. That's like, true. Yeah, tough for movies, tough for movies. Okay, <laughs> let's go back to First Baseman then. You know, it's just like, I feel like there's potential to branch out here and I'm tired of pictures. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, for me, age the best, romantic swimming scene. Always, yes. always. Yep, every time. Every time. Don't change the formula. And yeah, worse, all of the fat phobic jokes. Yep, yeah, definitely the major low light. All right, MVPs, Amelia. There's a character, and I had to look him up because they only mention his name like a couple times. Mm-hmm. It's Augie Mulligan, who is one of Ryan's BFFs. And mm-hmm. when Ryan is like, I'm quitting, I hate baseball. <laughs> um, Augie is there, and he gives this beautiful speech to Ryan where he essentially says, look, asshole, I have always been here. I mm-hmm. will always continue to be here for you. And then Ryan is like, you know, I changed my mind. I do want to do baseball. So thank you, Augie. You saved the entire movie. 
We love to see bros supporting bros. <laughs> <laughs> also, Augie, back to our uh, aughts actor thing. Uh, Gabriel Mann of Josie and the Pussycats. So oh my God, that's where he's from. Again, okay, thank like, you. It's these very Alan. specific actors who. Oh my gosh, you just have not seen in anything since. Although he was in Revenge. Um, oh, but mm. you know, not much else. Um, for MVPs, I'm going to take Freddie Prince uh, yeah. because. Listen, it's just a solid romantic lead role yes. for him. And he does a great job. He gives you what you want. He's fun. Yeah. He's charming. He's athletic. Yeah. Uh, yes. He looks good. He has good chemistry with Jessica. And like, what more do you need? You know, he got the job done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll give my MVP to the little sister, Tenley's little sister. She was really cute. And I thought provided like some of the soul actually funny moments. Yes. <laughs> I loved all her little costumes and she knew a lot about baseball more than her more than Tenley did so definitely good segue to the lightning round because our first question is I believe all of these were written by Amelia Uh, (laughs) which which of Katie's mascots did you like best for the Chatham team lobster oyster drunken fisherman named Barnacle Bob Uh, I guess to explain she tries out all these different mascots Mm -hmm. for this team and they don't go over great with the audience (laughs) Even though she's adorable and I don't know why they hate fun. Um, so which one Which one was her best? Amelia? Um, I would say the last one, the Barnacle Bob. Yeah. She really got into it. You know, she's yeah. doing the and that one. That one was a crowd pleaser. It was. It was. Also, Kate, she's a clam, not an oyster. Just oh my point gosh. of clarity. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Okay, so sorry. sorry. I don't clam, know the difference clam. between those two things. Uh, that was my pick was the clam. She had like a little. It was cute. It was really cute. She was really like wearing cute. the clam thing and her head was coming out the middle. <laughs> I was, was like, how can you not like a child dressed as a clam? Come on, you're exactly. at a baseball on, game. People. It's so boring. <laughs> All right. Another great question by Amelia. Which of these late 90s, early 1000s songs would have saved this movie's <laughs> lackluster soundtrack? And this is true because it's rare that we watch a movie from the 2000s and don't talk about how much we love the soundtrack. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's notable. Here are Amelia's suggestions. <laughs> Crazy Town's Butterfly, Savage Garden's I Knew I Loved You, or Incubus's Stellar. Amelia, give me your reasoning here. Um, The reason for all three? Well, I was just... Or, Any of them. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, Oh, I picked Crazy Town's Butterfly. I just mm-hmm. feel like we could have had like a great baseball well, training. Baseball montage. training. Thank oh you with yes. this song. And it would have been awesome. And just, I don't know, it would have fit really well, I think. And I think they tried with the soundtrack, but did Maybe they? Maybe they didn't have the budget. That, you know, this what? seems I think like a right. pretty like low budget movie. Agreed. Yeah, that's fair. Kaya, what's your pick? So I'm going to say the One Tree Hill theme song, which (laughs) I did look up what the name of the song was, but then I promptly forgot it. But you know what I'm saying. Everybody knows. Like right as he's like being like, I quit. Like, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to pitch anymore. I'm bad. And then the One Tree Hill theme song kicks in. (laughs) Would have really like upped the drama. That would have been great. Absolutely. Um, Let's talk about our favorite sort of cameo uh, side character. We all agreed was (laughs) Brittany Brittany Murphy. Murphy. Our girl. May she rest in peace. Seriously. And I don't. Have you guys ever watched the show King of the Hill? No. It's an animated series. Um, so she plays one of the characters on King of the Hill and she does like such a great job. It's a really funny show. Um, And I, I could hear flashes of her doing that and it's just like God she was such an amazing actress that I don't think we really appreciated enough when she was alive no she has the probably the most fun role in the movie she's she's like the girl who like kind of sleeps around a little bit and like she Mm -hmm. you know is is the one on the baseball field with uh, Mm -hmm. Freddie Prince in the beginning (laughs) Uh, but she's got this great accent also that she just really leans into (laughs) Uh, and I just love the commitment she's so much fun to watch and I'm yeah, going to put uh, Uptown Girls out there for oh my a future God. cringe mode. I, I love that, that idea. Great. That's I a great that idea. idea. Wow. All right. Last lightning round. What's the best name in this movie? Some weird names. <laughs> Tenley. <laughs> I just, what a bold choice for the uh, secondary main character to be named Tenley. And I, I love that. Yeah. Only rival by Brittany Murphy's character is named Dee Dee. <laughs> yes. Which, yeah, pretty good, too. Yeah. But I think it has to go to Tenley. <laughs> Tenley. I, yeah, it's got to be Tenley. I, just a baffling choice. <laughs> all right, let's wrap up cringe mode and get into our unanswerable questions. So all anyone's talked about uh, in the TV world lately is mm-hmm. White Lotus, which was on, right. I believe, H- HBO Max. I yep. did not watch it. I will, I guess, Kate. one of these days. 
I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I've been busy. But the you. creator of White Lotus is Mike White, who you may know from many things. And my <laughs> yeah. question is, is Mike White our greatest modern day renaissance man? Wow. Because here are the things that you might know him from. First of all, I know him as Ned Schneebly from yeah. School of Rock. <laughs> Iconic role. Yeah. Uh, he also literally wrote School of Rock. Literally wrote School of Amazing. Rock. Amazing. Genius. Played Ned Schneebly. He has written and directed just all sorts of stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. He is like a, you know, writer, director, etc. He, you know, wrote Enlightened, which people absolutely love on HBO Max as well. Mm -hmm. White Lotus has been a huge, huge hit. Mm -hmm. Yep. He also wrote and starred in Chuck and Buck as well. He wrote, he worked on Dawson's Creek and Freaks and Geeks. Oh. So he also has this <laughs> most like importantly side catalog of reality <laughs> television Amazing. Fame. So I remember watching him on The Amazing Race. Uh, right. On, like when his season was live, he was on it with his dad. Um, it was That's a long sweet. time ago when I was like watching it with my parents. And then he also, I know we have the Survivor heads on the pod. Mm -hmm. He <laughs> competed on Survivor David versus Goliath in 2018. Took it incredibly seriously. Came yes. second, right? And I arguably thought he should have won. I wow. think a lot of people, that is a common, uh, based on my reading that I did for this question. And yeah, he made it all the way to day 39. One of the most popular seasons ever. And he yep. has done a lot of interviews recently as he's been talking about White Lotus, which is like based on like on vacation um, mm -hmm. about reality television and he was like I wish they would let me produce the show for a season oh, oh he, my god he has all of these ideas so he's good. like I would love that he's like I would do home visits with the players so we could get to know them I would do less oh. advantages challenges yes. challenges that highlight survival skills and willpower less puzzles and agility he said oh I would god. do I don't know what any of this means. He said, I would do a 50-day season, a seven-person jury, a final two. Oh, my God. And then he, he goes, I would make them all as deranged with hunger and fatigue as possible. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, Mike great. White knows what we want. Mm -hmm. I just, like, am amazed by just the range of interests and successes that this man has had. Ned Schneebly, who knew? <laughs> Amelia, have you seen White Lotus? I haven't, but I've been it's meaning really to. It's really good. Okay, hey, I honestly don't know if you would enjoy it because there is a lot <laughs> of secondhand embarrassment. Okay, like, a lot. Thank you. Oh. Thank like, you for that Like scenes where you literally need to watch like oh my through God. your hands. I'm so glad. So awkward. I'm so glad you warned me. But it's really good. I think it's worth checking out. He also gave, uh, Mike White gave an interview in Vulture this week that uh -huh. was mm. really good and yeah. talked a lot about how like, you know, using Hawaii's escapism mm -hmm. and how that can like sure. have issues with colonialism. So if you've yeah. seen White Lotus then check oh out my. the interview. I, yes. This is a great question because on it, if you think about it, like School of Rock is enduring. It is mm -hmm. so fun. I could watch it tomorrow, today. And it's mm -hmm. one of the best movies ever. It's, it's so good. It's great. It's so funny. <laughs> really good. Um, it's honestly one of Jack Black's, if not his best movie. And yes. also speaking on the Survivor beat, David Go and versus Goliath is is truly one of the best seasons of Survivor, and I think he only lost because people knew how successful the guy was, and they didn't want to give oh, him. Oh, yeah. I really, I really believe that. Um, yeah, and I can see that. I just, I think you're right. He is really the modern day Renaissance man. <laughs> he has such a range of skills. I just he think does. it's Amazing. incredible. Um, it is. So yeah, that was my unanswerable question. If that was he, a great one. you know, branches out into other means of entertainment, like I will take note mm -hmm. and uh, I will keep you posted on the Mike White beat. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Amelia. Uh, yes. Okay, I'm going to change. Uh, I Well, I mean, it's all in the same tone, I guess. But uh, okay, I'm going to ask <laughs> a question and you're going to have to listen to me. So you're going to have to indulge me for the next few minutes because it is Please. this is kind of like a mystery beat, I guess. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So the popular YouTuber Wang, there's an exclamation <laughs> point after it, okay. uh, recently posted a video trying to solve the mystery of Celebrity Six. And I've actually been following this story for a while now because it hmm. appeared on the gossip website that I love called Oh No They Didn't months mm -hmm. ago. But it actually originated on Reddit where user Tonsa H posted in the tip of my tongue subreddit asking for help identifying a picture of curtains they owned. And this mystery has become so popular that it now has its own subreddit. So it's all over the internet. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Uh, the curtains pattern is this interesting image of celebrities from the 2000s. And mm-hmm. Reddit has been able to identify each celebrity with an accompanying photograph from the image which it was taken. Uh, so ex- except for one of the celebrities, which is celebrity number six. Okay, here are the identified celebrities. Celebrity one is Adriana Lima, who is obviously a very famous Victoria's Secret model. Celebrity two is Josh Holloway, who I think is best known for being on Lost. Mm -hmm. Celebrity three is Adriana Lima again. Celebrity, (laughs) Yeah, celebrity four is Jessica Alba. Celebrity five is Travis Fimmel, who was a very popular model back then, but... Okay. I guess now is, is he on Vikings? Yes, he is now most known for Vikings. Celebrity seven is Ian Summerhalder from Vampire Diaries. Um, and celebrity eight is Orlando Bloom, which means we don't know who celebrity six is. No, um, this is literally the most random grouping of celebrities it is ever. So weird. But it's <laughs> like a Who Weekly lineup. Like why why exactly. Adriana Lima twice? Twice? Too. It's it's so strange. It's I don't get it, but People have been trying to guess number six for a long time. Celebrity six could pass for either a woman or a man. They have Mm -hmm. angular features and they have hair that touches their shoulders and looks as if it's been pulled back on the top. What we know about them is that the fabric or what we know about uh, the fabric itself is that it was purchased around 2008 or 2010. Each photo uh, was taken from 1999 all the way up to 2000. And according to Wang, most of the images are from Getty and mm. most are also from media events. And popular guesses of Celebrity 6 include Evangeline Lilly and another mm-hmm. photo of Travis Fimmel. Huh. Um, yeah. It's and gotta everyone, be a woman. Looking at it, I you think, think it's so? yeah. a woman. Yeah, I think so. Okay, because people I think are Evangeline like, Lilly's a good guess. Yeah, but they can't because every other photo they've been able to, to find, yeah. find the original one yeah. that was based on, but they cannot find this person. And people have been going to the company from which the fabric was sold, and they're like, we don't know, slash, we can't disclose for legal reasons. I guess the <laughs> Library of Congress is now getting involved because. What? Yeah, Reddit user Codell76 runs the Library of Congress Mystery Photo Contest, and they said they oh. would pass it along to people. But it's a mystery. We don't know who Celebrity 6 is, but it's also a fun mystery because no one is murdered, you know? Yes, it's very low stakes. Low stakes indeed, yeah. This is going to drive me crazy. To me, the first person who popped into my head when I saw the picture was um, Cody Horn, who was in <gasps> Magic Mike. That's a good one. Oh, my God. That is a good one. That, that does is, look like her. You know what? I wonder if anyone's guessed that. That's really good. That's really That's good. That's so random, though. <laughs> Although, I guess all of these celebrities are incredibly well, really random. I feel like with this kind of thing, you really just have to, like, go with your instant reaction to the photo of, like, oh, that's... Right. Like, if you think right. about it too much, but... Right. Totally. They they do have, like, she does have, like, the strong jawline. Yeah. Like Cody yes. does. Wow, we're gonna have to check back in when this mystery is solved because I have to know. I know, yeah, same. (laughs) All right, Kyle, let's wrap it up. Wrapping it up with the news of the weekend. Mm. Any guesses for the name of Kylie Baby Number Two? Okay, can I share you guys with you guys my story? Have I told you about the girl that I went to school with who guessed celebrity baby names? No. No. Okay, so I dug up, I found the article from our my college newspaper about this girl, okay? From December 14th, 2015, the Indiana Daily Student. I'm looking at the article right now, and it's about Beth Delaney, okay? And it's called, IU Student Predicts Celebrity Baby Names. She had an article written about her in our school newspaper because she had predicted Saint. That, like, that was the correct name wow. that she predicted wow. ahead of time. And that's not the only baby name that she had predicted. Okay. I just checked it on her Twitter. She has not predicted this one yet, but okay. I'm going to let you know if she does. Um, okay. So she correctly predicted St. West. She wow. also won a contest because she correctly predicted two parts of the name of Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck's second daughter, what? Serafina Rose Elizabeth. Since <laughs> then, I'm quoting from the article now, which was written by Jack Evans. Since then, she has also correctly guessed the names of Jessica Alba's second daughters, Haven Warren and Lee Schreiber and Naomi Watts' second son, Samuel Kai Schreiber. <gasps> oh, my God. So like, what a talent. Like, this was like her thing. And I remember oh I was like in a class with her when this came out. And I was like, how does this girl do this? <laughs> um, she also uh, she did not correctly predict Lux, which was Kim and Kanye's uh, sec- oh, no, she did predict Lux. She couldn't predict North because she does better when they've already had a child. Wait, and Lux? She can- Wait, who? Yeah, who is Lux? Who's Lux? 
Oh, no. She guessed Lux for North. Sorry. Oh, that's what oh it was. okay. I was I'm, like, wait a second. Like, there is no Lux. I'm reading a tiny PDF of this article from 2015. So <laughs> okay. our archives are not great. Um, that was her guess for Lux. And she said that it's easier for her to predict names when they've already had a child so that she can like um, base oh, her sure. guests sure. On, on like their previous things. So anyway, when you guess this, I like would totally flashback to this girl. And I was mm-hmm. like, I does she what, like have a process? Like, how did, is it luck? Like, how does she do this? I don't know. I, I don't know that she even has, it doesn't say in this article that she has some sort of strategy. I guess she just like knows a lot of celebrity baby names and like just pays attention wow. to trends. Anyway, this is all to say, Impressive. I don't, I don't have a guess for the name of Kylie's second baby, but I feel like I know someone who might, and I will let you know uh, <laughs> if I, if I get a prediction from her, maybe I'll DM hmm. her on Twitter. You what should. Are you guys, Weird what are you guys specific thinking? talent to have. Yes, um, incredibly. I'm thinking, well, okay. So first baby name is Stormy. I feel like Kardashians really love like a theme, you know, yes. for children's name. Yeah. So it's probably could it like be something weather related? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cloud, cloudy, cloud? cloudy. Let me look. I'm googling weather names right now. Okay, sunny, sunny, uh, sunny, flurry, <laughs> flurry. <laughs> um, that would be tough. Stormy and flurry would be actually that's yeah. kind of cute. <laughs> That is kind of cute. I think Lux actually could be a good name for that. The sounds like, like a that name, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like one. I mean, maybe maybe they'll go like something like Zephyr or like you know like one of those. Uh, yeah, I do think like the nature theme is a good starting that is a good point. Theme. Tree. 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 That's already <laughs> taken by tree. Taylor Swift's publicist. She has a monopoly. Oh yeah, a monopoly. Sage. Sage. Okay. I don't. I feel like that's too normal. The that's cottage true. core. The cottage core names are in. You know, we were talking about how like Willow. And yeah, like all of those yeah. are in. That's so, that's true. I guess we'll see. Who we'll knows? See. We'll have to ask Liz too if she has a prediction. I'm sure she does. All right. On that note, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to our producer Kari McMullen for pulling double duty this week. It's a pleasure. In. Yes, filling in for long lost Elizabeth. This has been another episode of Tea Time. I'm Kate Hallowell. I'm Kari McMullen. And I'm Amelia Wedmeyer. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.